0: Dear Christian friends, suppose that you and I were on a camping trip, and as the, the dusk had come about and night was fast approaching, you recognize it's time to make sure that we have enough light so that we're able to see once the sun goes down. And so I, I tell you, we're in good hands, don't worry, I brought my, my trusty lantern with me, it might be a little bit outdated, but uh, I'll I'll fire this baby up and we'll have light in, in no time. And then I go to, to prime it and realize that I, I failed to put fuel in the lantern. Not gonna be much good to us, is it? Fear not, fear not. Don't worry, that of course was not the only light I brought. I have this handy dandy little freebie that I got somewhere. And you just click it on and just click, click it on. All right, well, that one doesn't work either. Maybe a bad light. Replace the batteries. Fear not. Don't worry. Don't worry. I have my trusty headlamp, and this thing never lets me down. I'll just put this baby on, and we'll be able to see where, where we're going, except that I, either the batteries are corroded or the lamp is bad in that one. So I guess that's not going to serve us all that well either, but you already know if you were paying attention to the children's sermon that I have another light. Here it is. And so all I have to do, it's a little bright, but this will do the trick, right? So out of the the four lights that I brought, at least one of them works and will provide a little bit of light for us in the darkness. Now here's what I want to know. I want to know how long it would take you to snap at me, to lose your cool, to, to go off on me, if after finding out that, that that worked to provide us with light, I shut it off and spent the rest of our camping trip returning to these three lights, trying to get them to work, insisting that if I just tinker with them, if I just replace the batteries or, or fix the light bulb or something, that, that eventually one of those will provide light. How frustrating would that be for you? How angry would you get with me when, when you know that I'm going and spending all my time on three lights that don't work and skipping out on the one that does? Why would I do that, you'd think, right? How foolish. So let me ask you, why is it then? Why is it then that throughout our lives we continue to go after one light, after one light, after another light that doesn't work? And foolishly overlook the one that we know does. And the fact of the matter is that, that we will be wasting our time to look for any other lights, anything else to provide us with light in this world, when, when there is only one light in this world, brighter than, than any man-made light, brighter than even, even the brightest star and, and even the sun itself, the light of the world, Jesus. Why do we pursue other lights nonetheless? Well, if we can just solve this issue of climate change, if we can figure that out, then that'll provide the light that we are, are looking for. If, if we can elect the right person to office, that'll show us and shine the light that we need, right? And, and yet, what is the, the problem with each of those? Whether it's those or, or it's gun control? Flick, flick. Technology? Flick, flick, no light. Science, flick, flick, no light. Maybe it's just a matter of, of teaching respect and, and discipline and, and morals and, and proper behavior which is missing in this world. Flick, flick, darkness. You see, while those all may be good Things to pursue and, and to give our time and our energy to. If, if we are, are looking to those to provide a light that only Jesus can, that, then we will find ourselves disappointed and, frankly, in darkness. Because only Jesus, the light of the world, can provide the light that we need. Now, I understand, maybe, maybe the issue is that you don't perhaps agree with Matthew this morning. Maybe you think that that phrase, that title given to Jesus, the light of the world, is nothing more than a sappy-sounding spiritual phrase uh, that has been attached to him. And frankly, you look at Matthew and you can say, well, well." the skeptic might approach it and say he just simply kind of picked and, and chose in the Old Testament, he looked for a, a section of Isaiah and said, hey everybody, look, this must be Jesus. And so you can write off one individual. Maybe, maybe Matthew was just a little off his rocker. Okay, but what about Isaiah? Because Isaiah did prophesy, Isaiah did point ahead to a light that would come into the world, right? And that's the one that Matthew referred to in our lesson this morning, the gospel, when he said, and actually quoted the prophet Isaiah, right? He says, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So maybe Matthew was a little off, but what about Isaiah? And, and then if you're going to write both of those off, guess what? We're not done yet because you would have to, to also address the words of Jesus himself, uh, who John, in his gospel, recorded, us, recorded for us as saying in, in chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, if you deny that Jesus said those words, really, you don't just have to answer to Jesus, you also have to explain why John recorded Jesus as saying those words. So, just right now, we've talked about Matthew, Isaiah, Jesus himself, and John. Four individuals that thought that Jesus was the light of the world, and that's just scratching the surface to say nothing of the rest of the writers in Scripture. So do you really deny that, that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, probably not. You believe it, you agree with that. Maybe that's not the struggle that you have. In fact, I think this is more likely. I think more likely is the fact that we struggle to make the connection between the theological, the, the religious, this picture of Jesus being a light of the world, and, and struggle to connect it with the practical and the day-to-day and my life right now. We, we kind of keep them in separate compartments and, and we don't let the two overlap. And maybe that's why we struggle to see how Jesus really is the light of the world. So it's not a matter of, of denying that, that we celebrate at Christmas that, that Christ was born, but what does Christmas have to do with climate change? And, and it's not that we deny Good Friday or, or Jesus' death, but honestly we struggle with seeing how a crucifixion 2,000 years ago is going to have the same impact as an election in 2020. And no, we don't deny that that on every Easter Sunday, we're going to gather with, with Christians together and celebrate and proclaim, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. But what does the resurrection really have to do with restoring respect in our society and obedience and discipline? You see how... We see those things as being disconnected, and, and unless we see, and until we see that, that Jesus, the light of the world, actually does overlap and spill into all of those things, then we're always going to be missing out on Jesus' light in our lives. Is Jesus the light of the world? If you doubt it still, let me answer for you, yes. Of that, you can be certain. And not only of that, but the other certainty that, that also applies is that this world is a dark place. What Isaiah prophesied, as quoted by Matthew, was absolutely true when he described people living in darkness, when he described living in the land of the shadow of death. The world is really a dark place. You agree with that, don't you? You look at the world around us and... And I don't know how you could deny that. But perhaps, perhaps you even struggle with that and that's okay. Why would you struggle with acknowledging the world as a dark place? Because maybe it's just our spin on it as, as Christians. In fact, aren't you kind of becoming accustomed to hearing others in this dark world point out that, that we're the problem? The world isn't so bad. There's, there's all kinds of good things, good advancements that have been made, and yet you Christians are the ones who are, are bigoted, who are racist, anti-this and anti-that. The world is fine, but you guys are the problem. Maybe if you just take off your, your shades once in a while, then you'd see the world isn't as dark as you actually think it is. Well, that's not the problem either, is it? Well, maybe, maybe the struggle is... Is that we tend to compartmentalize in another way. When we speak of the darkness that Isaiah prophesied, that, that Ma- Matthew recognized as well, it becomes oversimplified as an us and them thing. Yes, the world is a dark place. Yes, avoid the darkness of the world. Yes, we are our lights, we who are Christians, and we are separate from this darkened world and their unbelief and their acts of of sin that is celebrated. And we don't have anything to do with those things. And that fails to recognize something that is absolutely essential to our understanding of why it's important that Jesus is the light of the world. That darkness isn't, it's not just out there in the world. That darkness is here, isn't it? Though we fully acknowledge that that Christ has completely redeemed us from that darkness because of the fall into sin and, and the sinful nature that clings to each and every one of us, make no mistake, there is darkness in each of us that isn't content to allow the light to keep shining in our hearts. And that's a darkness that wants to push out and crowd out the light permanently from our hearts so that we can go back to the darkness of this world, enjoying what we want to do when we want to do it. We can't really deny it, can we? Adultery? Darkness. Addiction? Darkness. Lies? Lust? Darkness. Greed? Gluttony? Darkness. You can't just pretend that, that those are all out there, they're right here to a degree. And unless we acknowledge that, then we can't ever fully appreciate what it means that the light of Jesus has shone into our hearts to dissipate that darkness, to wash it away, to forgive it. Again, as we mentioned in the children's message, not by showing us a light that says, here's how you get rid of that darkness, but showing us a light that points to the one who has already removed that darkness. The one who has already brought us into his light, not just for this life, but for eternal life as well. Do you think that will make a difference if we spend more time in that light? As, as you listen to the gospel from Matthew, did you notice the impact that, that that light had on the two sets of brothers who were mentioned? After Matthew quotes the prophet Isaiah, he describes what happened next. He says that that as he was walking along, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter. Simon called Peter and then his brother Andrew. They were casting a a net into the lake. Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. And then those two Zebedee boys, James and and John, were were also busy with their father in the boat, and, and Jesus extends the same invitation. And Matthew tells us, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. What difference do you think it made in the lives of those individuals to follow Jesus, the light, and be surrounded by his light for three years of his public ministry? I wish I wish that scripture would give us a very clear before and after, just to to introduce us to these individuals and say, this is what they were like, and then they spent three years in the light with Jesus, so that we could see what a drastic change that light makes in not only the darkness of this world, but the darkness of our hearts as well. Well, rather than than wondering about the difference that it made for Simon Peter, for Andrew, for James, and, and John, why not find out what a difference it makes in our lives? See that lamb that we talked about last Sunday, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? That lamb is your light. To know that light is to love him. To love him is to live for him. And let's just acknowledge that you aren't going to to live for somebody that you don't love and you aren't going to love somebody that you don't know. So, dear friends, spend more time getting to know the light of the world, your Savior Jesus. If his light only partially shines into your, your life at this point, how can you let it shine more brightly? How can you know the light better? and then love him more and live for him. Amen.